Okay, hello, and uh, welcome to uh, Ready for Action. This is Joe. Uh, today, I'm actually joined by the guys at Steel Sky Productions, who are the guys who are looking after Warhammer Underworlds online. Um, so I'm joined today by Amelia, Clinton, and Matt. How are you doing, guys? Good. Yeah, we're doing pretty well. <laughs> Good stuff. Do you want to uh, introduce yourselves? Yep, no problem. Uh, so my name's Amelia. I am the producer and marketing lead for Warhammer Underworlds Online. Uh, hi, my name's Clinton. I'm the designer and, I guess, technical production on uh, Warhammer Underworlds Online. Hey, I'm Matt. Uh, I'm the lead programmer on Warhammer Okay. Hey. So uh, <laughs> I suppose the first thing is, um, who are um, Steel Sky Productions? Tell me a bit about yourselves. Yeah, no problem. So um, we're a smallish studio in Melbourne. Uh we're comprised of a group of people who have a lot of experience making um, board game-like things in a digital format. Um, so we've got, uh, yeah, sort of a group of people who have worked together quite a lot on on similar games. Um, probably the biggest project we've worked on, a lot of us have worked on together before, is um, the Wallach of Firetop Mountain. Um, so you might be familiar it's sort of a little bit complicated because we've got kind of two studios working together but um if you've heard of tin man games um yes from their arc sort of um helping out with this game so um we've got a great art director who who did a lot of the art for that we've got clinton who's been um doing this sort of stuff for a long time yeah i did design on warlock of pine top mountain um, I also worked on one of Tin Man's more recent games, which was Table of Tales on the PlayStation VR. Mm. And Clinton's been making games for a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah, since about 2005. Yes. <laughs> so you're the old-timer of the group, are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you put it that way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, not compared to our boss, Neil, who's been in the industry since... There were video games, I would say. <laughs> We've got a lot of variety on the team in that we have quite a few people who are quite experienced and we have mm. some people who are kind of just coming in or maybe one or two years under their belt. Mm. Uh, say myself, I've been working independently for a while, but professionally I've been working on this. Um, I, I was working at Tin Man for maybe about two years. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we've got a pretty good mix of kind of veteran people who have really been around the block and then we've got um some kind of newer faces and i think that really really helps with this project um because you know warhammer has an extremely big legacy and um it's nice to have kind of multiple perspectives on that yep i can understand that i mean i've been personally into gaming since i've been about oh gosh i must have been about maybe nine or ten so and i'm i'm sort of like late 30s now so I've been, mm. been very much involved in the lore of Warhammer and uh, obviously mm. with the development of Age of Sigmar as well. Um, sort of seen that um, slowly sort of grow as it's, as it's gone through its time. Mm. Um, so are you guys um, into um, tabletop games yourselves then? Oh, how long have you got? <laughs> um, so I used to write board game reviews um, and I've written supplements for tabletop role-playing games. I've been playing Warhammer Fantasy role-playing game for like seven or eight years um, amongst many other <laughs> tabletop role-playing games. Um, sort of made a few myself. I did uh, copy editing for Hand of Fate Ordeals. I 
love board games um, and I'm definitely not the only one on the team. <laughs> Clinton's made, he's uh, designed quite a few board games himself and I think you're working on a few right now as well. Yeah, nothing commercially related. So yeah, I'll sure. tell you, it's kind of my, my tabletop game yeah. design is kind of my, my spare time the, yeah, funsies. That's kind of the good <laughs> thing about this project is that uh, it can become quite draining working on a digital project <laughs> and being able to have kind of a backup of, uh, you know, being keen on board games is very helpful for that. Um, yeah, so tabletop games are definitely our, our kind of our hobby collectively. Excellent stuff. So I assume you actually play uh, Underworlds yourselves? Oh, so oh, yeah. much. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, we've been playing it since the Shadespire days. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's just become uh, such second nature. <laughs> To all of us, I think. Mm. We have a couple of copies in the in the office, which we bust out in you know mm. spare lunch times or evenings when we get a chance. Mm. Um, I know that the Chaos Gargan is a fun a fun one if you can get four people around the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have, a lot of people are very keen to play, so we end up playing a lot of uh, the multiplayer games. Yeah, like the three to four player. Yeah, it's, yep. it's funny. We actually played so much three to four player that when we started developing this, we were really worried about game time. <laughs> Because the three to four, I don't know how much three to four player you've played, but it really extends it out to, it can be even like two hours if you've yeah. got kind if you've of got a, a few, lot of If you're having a few drinks at the same time, yeah, well, you're definitely, yeah. it's definitely it's a more casual sort of yeah. environment. <laughs> but it was amazing, yeah, how much it, it um, changed the strategy as well, like the decks that we were making. Um, mm. You know, a deck for a three to four player game to really triumph in that arena, I think you've got to have something quite different. From two-player. Oh, you know, you just have Magors and then you just win, basically. Yeah, those those were definitely bad times for anyone that was not Matt playing Magors. So I was going to say, so what what are your favourite warbands then? I mean, I personally run, I'm currently running Reavers Mm -hmm. and um, doing relatively well with them. Um, I I was at Warhammer Fest, actually, so we'll talk about that in a minute or two. But uh, I know that the majority of the guys in the group, we, we sort of, I think Dan Smedley came third overall with Curse Breakers. Mm. Uh, or fourth, mm. sorry. Um, and then we, I think out of six of us, five of us were sort of top 32. Mm. So nice. quite good. So t- tell me about what uh, what warbands you like and uh, what, you, what you prefer to play, both from a tabletop point of view, and then we'll move obviously onto the uh, the online side. Mm. Well, I guess it's, uh, I'm ho- I hope that you've checked out our Twitter poll because I think the Reavers are going to actually kind of go a bit more forward in that poll. I'm really hoping that they win. <laughs> That's I, I, a big fan of the Reavers. Yeah, I really love Reavers until Mogor's Fiends came out, and I was like, oh, God, these these lads are just completely overpowered compared to the rest <laughs> of Season 1. But um, uh, I definitely would say I'm still pretty keen on uh, Reavers and Mogor just because of the mobility of them. Mm. But um, I've been playing a lot of Zarbag's Gits because I have this this dream strategy of just <laughs> turning Snurk Sourtongue into you know, an unstoppable machine where he just rolls about five dice for defense and you just can't kill the thing. So I don't know if it's a dream. I think it might be a reality because some of us have definitely been taken down by that deck. Yeah, I think as well for that, it's just the, 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 the completely insane amount of little strategies that they can have with the gits because you have all of these little pocket groups of units that you can use in different ways just is really entertaining to me. And that's kind of why I like Magors as well, but yeah. Mm. All right, Excellent. so for me, it was, I think, Orcs were my, my first, mm, first warband that I really got into. <laughs> um, and, then, and then it was, it was um, skeletons, like Spokal mm. Guard, just for the, the complexity of having so many, like, I really enjoyed just having so many decisions about what to do. And then 
making so many mistakes that it meant <laughs> it went poorly for me. I don't know why I enjoy that that yeah. struggle, but it's <laughs> yeah. The sepulchral guard was about the time that I started um, really getting interested in playing, and um, I remember Clinton telling me, "Oh, you don't want to start with that war band. They're really hard. They're really difficult." And I was like, "Bring it on! I can do this." <laughs> um, and so really early I had a very good hold objective deck for um, Sepulchral Guard. It's nice to think about now. There's so many cards in the game now that would just absolutely destroy that mm. now. But back then it was pretty solid. Back then I remember um, you scoring like <laughs> Claim the City like, yeah, yeah. like twice or yeah, something. A couple of times. Ridiculous. Pulling that off felt pretty good. Um, I really like the Eyes of the Nine aesthetically, but I'm yet to uh, get onto a good deck for them. I'm a big, yeah, because I've played Warhammer Fantasy for a long time, really like all the Chaos Gods and um, and kind of how they operate and I don't know, I really want the Eyes of the Nine to succeed but I can't find a way to help them do that yet. <laughs> They're definitely one of the more challenging warbands, let's say, to play. Yeah, um, I think that's I know very polite. That <laughs> the guys, um, we, we're talking about doing uh, what we're going to call the Eyes of the Nine-Off. Um, so the plan is yeah. to get ourselves, so the six of us in, in uh, ready for action. Mm. We're then going to get a further three people, so we've got nine players. Mm. Um, we're all going to take Eyes of the Nine and turn up at yes. a tournament. Oh, I love um, it. That is awesome. Now, the other thing, which I was really keen to do, but a few of the guys, I think they've been a slightly more competitive than me, I really wanted to, mm. I wanted to create their decks as normal um, and then put mm. them into an envelope. And then when we arrive, just deal the envelopes out. I love that. Yes. Yeah, so oh, we, so we've good. talked about doing like drafting, like having yeah. cause we have so many cards from all the different war bands in the office. I'm like, how can we set up a good drafting situation where yeah. you have to have like, yeah, so that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ideas for that. I guess that's the thing is even we have, we have pretty much all of the war bands, I think. And yeah, so we have stacks and stacks of cards. And we're still constantly fighting over trying to get... Over the competitive you know, ones. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen a copy of Martyred in our office for about uh, seven or eight weeks because <laughs> yeah. everybody's always nabbing all of the best yeah. cards for themselves. Then you go to the, our folios of cards and they're just empty. empty. <laughs> <laughs> they just go like... Are you like 50. offensive strike? No. Defensive yeah. strike? No. Move yeah, on. <laughs> they got 50 copies of Hero Slayer in there, but there's like no other card <laughs> in the entire thing. So. i tell you what, Hero Slayer with um, the Reavers is a, is a cheeky one yeah. to have in your hand, though. Yeah, well, throwing a dangle bra out with it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, hero slayers with the with the goblins is my go-to. Really, I've definitely got that in there. It's kind of the dream. <laughs> so, I suppose what what is your actual favourite card then, <laughs> apart from Ready for Action, which everyone loves? Yeah, of Ooh. course. It's a difficult a question. question. Yeah. Uh, Mischievous spirits. Yeah. <laughs> Mischievous spirits. Sure. I like. I just like it as a card. I enjoy shift, like playing around mm. with the objectives. Mm. It doesn't necessarily do everything. It's not useful in every deck. Mm. I just like the card. Yeah, what's the card where you go from edge hex to edge hex? Yeah, hidden paths. Hidden paths. Yeah. It's just yeah, consistently like really interesting. Um, I There are a lot of other cards that I think are kind of more useful, but I think hidden paths is probably my favourite. Yeah, well, it's a bit tougher to play around as well which kind of makes it good because I know that you you played a lot of it, Amelia, with um, Sepulchral Guard. Yeah, and it makes Crawley. It, yeah, the you know, Crawley Petitioner. It was, and it was actually like, you know, <laughs> you could see it coming with like Crawley. Crawley <laughs> Petitioner was always right at the back of the board, but there's not really anything you can do unless <laughs> like you know exactly where it's going because yeah. it could go anywhere. So, yeah. yeah it's I did card. try Hidden Paths with um, Eyes of the Nine. I tried getting, oh, I think it was, I think it was the leader. I think it was Vortimus. 
right into the action with it was a terrible idea mm. it just died straight away but still but you got to try it's very fun <laughs> uh. right then so um so i say I, I met a couple of you guys at warhammer fest um mm-hmm. very very briefly i hasten to add because we were actually playing mm. in the tournament there um so we we took a i took a photo of the uh, the sort of setup i think it was your pre-alpha demo you were showing mm. and um that sort of got a ridiculous number of hits on the internet to sort of show <laughs> how much interest there is let's say for your your product mm. that you're working on at the moment uh, i've also watched the, the streams which you've done on youtube mm. um which I, I thought were really really useful to be able to sort of see how the game's developing mm. um i i particularly enjoyed the the response to the derpy death moment <laughs> that was quite interesting um i suppose one thing um is um so how did you actually go about sort of designing the setting of the game? Because obviously it's kind of one of the key things about, about the game is the setting. You know, you're trapped in a city by Nagash, got a death. How did you actually go about sort of taking your inspiration to develop the actual city of Shadespire? Uh, oh, well, uh, we work very sort of like very closely with GW on this sort of stuff. They're, they're very, uh, when it comes to like visually representing like, the age of sigma universe they they have they have very strong opinions and they have a lot of resources as well Mm. which is really awesome so um the visuals in some way have always been the easiest thing on this project because our art director ed has always had a very clear vision about how we were going to take the key principles of shadespire when well it was shadespire back then i keep saying it because when we were doing um, when we were thinking about this, you know, that's what everyone was referring it to, but I should say Underworlds. Um, the, yeah, the aesthetic, I guess, of the city of Shadespire, rather. Um, I remember him sitting us down really early and being like, okay, these are the three principles that we want um, everyone who's playing the game to feel. And he, he had very clear ideas about, you know, taking across the verticality of the city and taking across the feeling of, like, herodom, like the thing about Underworlds, I think, that makes it really fun to play is that because you're not playing full, um, you know, Age of Sigmar or 40k army, you're just playing a small group of heroes. It feels it's got kind of that mobile-like feel of of being a hero um, more than perhaps when you've got you know a wider army to deal with. So um, I would say that a lot of the reason it looks so good is very strong art direction, <laughs> um, but also just yeah, everybody like we have yeah we have a great art team um, and everybody's all always had a very clear idea of what what it should look like I suppose which is kind of rare for video games because I feel like art directions one of the hardest things to do if you're doing original content because everybody has kind of a very different idea about mm. what it could look like um so we're kind of blessed in a way to be working with something that has you know there's very clear colors there's very clear shapes there's so much concept art yeah we can take everything from the cards the rule yep. books mm-hmm. It's like there is just so many resources we can draw upon when mm. it comes to defining the style of the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's a rich world. Mm. I, think, I think one thing, like you say, because you've got all the lore to draw on, it, it mm. definitely helps. Um, mm. And I also really and I, I really enjoyed your point about it's, it's very much a hero game. I mean, when you play things like 40K or Age of Sigmar, it tends to be your heroes that, you know, you develop, especially if you're building your own heroes. Um, you know, it, it's great to have. I mean, I, again, I've played Warhammer from, for about the last 20 years, and um, mm. it was always good to sort of see the blocks 
of infantry walking across the table as was back then but yeah. you know you never really remembered what saurus rank two did it was all about your yeah. hero other, you know? so i completely get your point with that yeah um, i guess it comes across in the way that we're talking about the game now you know saying remember that time that vortimus did this and that like they've really yeah lucked onto something really clever in the way that it's done i think i think the other thing we go in for the environment stuff is really that um especially for the City of Shadespire, so I, we'll have to see what we tackle in terms of Night Vault aesthetic, but it's definitely interesting that it is kind of like ruined, but it was also very technologically advanced, so you, mm. you'll see a lot of that coming across, especially in our UI elements, um, mm. which are very like kind of bright and powerful um, metallic. And, and metallic and golden and stuff, and it, it does kind of look like uh, it's almost like that's like the ruins of the city kind of, seeping into the the, mm. the UI to a degree, um, yeah. So the glory days represented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The heydays of the of the because um, it is kind of like that, you know. It's almost like you know they got trapped in the heydays, so it yeah. is this ruined city, but it's also like at the peak is when it was ruined. So it's very interesting, kind of like split they've got. Yeah, as far as aesthetic. I think um, it was pretty hard for us to understand. I think it's a bit tricky with the law with the whole the ruins of the city of Shadespire and the Shadespire in the Etheric Void um, version of Shadespire and trying to get a good grip on what we wanted it to feel like. Um, I remember before the there's a novel, the Shadespire, I think it's called The Mirrored City by um, Josh Reynolds, and reading that was very helpful to me and I sort of carried a few of the points from that into the team. Um, like obviously we can't use the novels directly but the way that that expanded upon the lore and the way that um, kind of you would experience the, the mirrored city, as they called it, and then the ruins themselves because it sort of touches in the rule book that you you enter through these ruins but it's not really clear, super clear how it feels to be in those two different places. So that was something else that, that I think we found helpful. Mm. So um, on the pre-alpha game, uh, you've currently obviously got the one board available, let's say. Um, mm. At launch, how many boards are you looking about having? Is it the original four Shadespire boards, or are you looking at adding another couple as well? Uh, we're going to have um, four boards. Um, that's the plan. Uh, at the moment, there will at least be two when we launch to early access. With a lot of this stuff, the content that we're providing, because we're doing early access, um, it may be that stuff comes in updates quite soon after we release. So we're trying to get two of the boards looking really spectacular at the moment. Um, there's obviously a huge challenge in getting those two-dimensional elements to look good in a three-dimensional space. Like, yep. Yeah, because some of them, you know, I think one of them, I think it's called something Foundry, it has like a giant cauldron of melted stuff in it and you know that's just going to look ridiculous if we actually reconstruct those 3d elements so we have to sort of figure out ways to make that stuff flat while still making a three-dimensional environment Mm. so i say four i would like to say two for sure because um it's sort of each board is presenting a lot of its own challenges for the 3d art team so i don't want to um you know uh bus as it would be (laughs) Yeah. yeah Yeah, you've got a lot of um, blocking t- block it, block textures, let's say, in some of the other boards. So I can understand that being an issue mm. for you. Well, yeah. yeah, the blocked and the faults are actually kind of easy because we can put 
stuff there because they don't have to be able to – well, the blocked ones, the fault ones kind of hard, but the blocked ones, yeah. you know, you literally can't put your fighter in there. Yeah, so. but we do have to be careful about how high we go with block yeah. taxes so we don't, yeah. like, obscure the board too much and yeah. make it difficult for the players to – Think about the camera. Yeah. So there's a bunch of considerations and part of the reason why we pro- – like, we the exact boards probably won't be locked down until closer to, to yeah. early access is because the art team might turn around and go – Actually, we can deliver these ones quicker and easier, and yeah, these are these are sooner. better boards for us to do, and we can do more of them. So, yeah, we're definitely still in a bit of an exploration phase with the best way to do that, but we we have a pretty high standard to how we want them to look, so they're going to look lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say if you take even the, the pre-alpha boards you've you've worked on, they they look incredible so far. So I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of them for sure. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so obviously you've got Magor's Fiends and Steel Hearts at the moment. Um, it was quite clear from the streams that you had your favourites as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. I suppose. Um, obviously, I know you won't be able to tell me that much, but you know, are, are you initially looking at say the the Shade Spire Warbands rather than the uh, the season two season no, season three's miles away yet? But um, is it going to be mainly season one first? You're going to be looking at. Um. It's kind of a tough question to answer. Um, we want to keep things interesting. We would love to have all of the warbands in there eventually, in short, but obviously um, they're quite a high development cost to get them in there. Um, again, this is another reason we're doing early access because we want to see, because you know from the first two warbands, Steelhearts Champions and Magoz Fiends, that we will be changing the order of release. Um we obviously have a lot of concerns around how the different kind of power levels of the warbands will affect what's already released. So we do have a plan at the moment for what we're going to release, but, um, yeah, we're probably going to save that. Yeah, we're going to save <laughs> a bit tight-lipped on that. For, <laughs> for no, I completely understand that. Yeah, anything could happen at this yeah, stage, like, basically. <laughs> every, every option is on the table. Um, we definitely don't want to, like, um, dismiss anything at this stage. So, yeah. No promises. Mm, we do have the – we're pretty locked down on the warbands that we're going to do during early access, and we'll hopefully be able to tell you more about that um, in the coming months. Um, so, yeah, that news isn't too far away. But, yeah, we're definitely keen to hear from the community during early access to see um, what they think would be enjoyable in the meta, I suppose. So when are you actually looking at early access? Can you share that with me? <laughs> It's a great question. <laughs> and no, I can't really say anything about that. Okay. <laughs> Not a problem at all. It's always worth a try, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, fair enough. We, yeah, we get that a lot and we're like, yeah, good on you for trying. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose one thing um, which one of my colleagues mentioned was um, they've obviously the, the current the current warbands you have are very much the traditional art scheme, let's say. You've got the gold of the, the Hammers of Sigmar and you've got the Red of the Bloodbound. Um, have you considered looking at any sort of customization for skins, maybe? So you can, you know, paint your own models, inverted commas? Oh, yes, definitely. We definitely want to be able to do, um, like, custom skins for um, the different warbands so that you can choose the kind of look and feel of your warband. It probably won't be down to the levels of, like, allowing you to paint individual pieces because um, we want to make sure that they stick to the sort of GW law and also yeah. make sure they look good. Like um, you don't want to be coming up against some like hot pink, um, like McGaw's fiends. Oh, you can speak for yourself. 
That was exactly what I was going to say just then. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I did paint some sepulchral guard like a packet of highlighters, but that was that was on my own time. <laughs> yeah, uh, we definitely have um, alternate like looks planned for the warbands. Yeah, we, as far as customization goes, we're not planning on offering a great deal of like. So many people have been asking us if there will be, you know, like a warband painter sort of thing, and that's not a planned feature. Um, but there will be customization yeah. that will look really good and um, and be really fun. Yeah, and the goal is to keep releasing it, that sort mm. of content. So yeah. whenever we get a chance, we put some new skins in the game and we keep going. That's sort of yeah. our approach we want to take. Yeah, 3D artist, she's got a lot of experience sort of making that kind of content, and we deliberately brought her on board because we want the game to, you know, feel fresh and um have lots of different kind of possible looks for stuff. So, yeah, it's definitely definitely planned. Excellent stuff. I say, I think, I think, like you say, the different skins is definitely the way to go. I think mm. a full army painter kind of thing would be impossible. And uh, yeah, I I wouldn't want to uh, try and get anyone to try and impose that on a game. <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend who's a um, he's a, a computer animator, mm. so. I, I know his pain on certain things like that yeah. as well. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's there's multi there's multiple kind of issues with setting up a system like that, and I know they have kind of similar things in Dawn War that have worked quite well for them. But uh, the scope of having a tool like that is quite significant, and also kind of getting it to actually work within um, the bounds of what we can do with the game is going to be. Uh, probably a bit too much, but yeah. When we were coming off the bat, we were very keen. Like as soon as we started playing the the uh, tabletop game, we were very keen to be talking about what possible things we could do with these warbands to really allow you to make your own warband unique and go mm. into the match with a very unique kind of style and flavor to yeah. you know your, really make it your own. yeah your deck and your warband and your board. And, yeah, we'll yeah you might have noticed that we did um, custom card backs for our skulls stream. That's another thing that we want to have is um, is card backs, sort of like the sleeves that you can get for the physical game. Um, yep. Obviously, dice. Uh, there's a lot of different dice packs you can get. We would love to bring something like that into the game. So you can definitely expect to see that sort of customization. Excellent stuff. Um, you just mentioned about decks, etc. So I know on the stream you said there's going to be um, pre-built decks. Um, for the um, initial war bands. And also you said you were hoping to bring in sort of full deck um, building as well. Is that still something you're looking at doing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like the, the goal has always been the, in some ways, like the, the pre-built decks were this came after we decided um, we were going to put a deck builder in. Um, well, the deck builder was the default. Um, so you'll be able to build whatever decks you want based on whatever cards we've put in the game. Um, there the reason- will be a limited amount of cards mm. to start with, but in there you can yeah you can customize and mix and match to your heart's content Mm. um the the reason why we'd have pre-made decks is to get new players into the game quicker um we realized that like the it's one of those things where if someone's not familiar with the game giving them the options of what cards to add doesn't doesn't help out and even the tabletop game if you start a decks and we're like yeah well we can take that one step further we don't have to put together just one starter deck, we can yeah. put in some other ones and sort of suggest other ways to play. Cater to different styles. Mm, and sort of suggest, hey, if you want to play a more defensive Steel Hearts, here's a way to set them up that way or a more aggressive one. Yeah, we're really interested in bringing the game to more people. Like, we're so happy that the existing Underworlds community are really 
keen for what we're doing, but it's always been a goal of this project to make Underworlds as accessible as possible to different people who sort of might play strategy games but don't know much about Warhammer or, um, you know, really like collectible card games and are keen to try our games. So um, while we're keen to make the game a good experience for competitive players, we're also really invested in um, trying to figure out ways to, um, yeah, bring new people into the game, which I think is what everybody wants because what we've been hearing from the community is that they just want more people to play Underworlds with basically, so... I think, you know, like you say, the success of Underworlds has been amazing. Um, I think it's one of the, probably the fastest growing games that Games Workshop's had for a long time. Mm. Um, I mean, one thing which I think has really added to it, like you mentioned the competitive side of it, you know, we've obviously got quarterly prize packs at the moment uh, where, I don't know whether you're aware of this or not, where you get where we can win, well, one, you can win a shade gla- piece of shade glass if you're mm-hmm. top um, and then you also have the um, you can also win sort of like alternative art cards or alternative yeah. art for um, your decks so I wonder whether you were again this is a, a, probably a, something to take away is it something you maybe consider doing for the game itself yeah look we were like when we started working on this we like I, I remember going along to a few like local tournaments um, and coming back with a few of the, the card packs because um, I was not good enough to win um, no shade. <laughs> I have a few, a few of the the cards, um, and we were when we looked at that and went, "Well, this this is fan, like this is more like like customization options that we can, um, you know, potentially add to the game at some mm. point down the track." Like we are definitely aware of that sort of stuff, and yeah, it is like, very much under consideration. Mm, I'm not sure what the shade glass equivalent would be for us. Um, we obviously really interested in the competitive scene, but as far as like tournament formats and and what sort of thing, how that would look, um, that's still very much mm. in development. But, uh, yeah, we're definitely keen to, to move into that area. We just really want to get the, the early access game out and get into the hands of people and then we're really keen to build on that foundation and make a good sort of competitive experience, hopefully do something in the tournament area. Yeah, mm. I think we'd that love to do that. The, the glass, like the shade glass trophies are quite iconic now, so it yeah. would be quite good to be able to consider things that we could do that would be like that. Yeah. Um, mm. I can't we, tell yeah. you how many people have sent me pictures of their collections yeah. of shape glass that's, trophies. That's really? Really? Yeah. 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 It's a very common thing on, yeah. like, you know, the Facebook groups or the subreddit or anything. Our you Discord know, server. Somebody <laughs> saying, just got glass with these guys and then, you know, having their miniatures in front of it. And especially that setup and layout with the trophy behind is very iconic now, I think, within the community. So yeah. <laughs> it be interesting to see. Um, what we know, can do. Yeah, how we can, like, provide things that could become iconic like that would mm, be very cool. Yeah. I think that's one thing as a group, say there's six of us in our group, and I think four out of the six of us have actually won glass. I, I am not one of those people, unfortunately. But I think that's because I like to handicap myself slightly by playing some of the, the less powerful war bands. Yeah, sure. it sounds like um, me. <laughs> Well, it's more fun, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, you've got to have a kooky deck. There's no, I, I, I can't stand just net decking my deck. I got to try to find something that's weird. So you can also expect if I was in charge of the card release, I think then you could expect a lot of bizarre card releases very early on. Basically, the scatter would just be in the next, you know, the next releases or anything. So. <laughs> wow! Well, yeah. Carefully monitoring. The Carefully card monitoring releases. the card releases. <laughs> 
I know um, one thing I would love to do is, uh, as, as you mentioned earlier, kind of completely change how a warband would normally work. Like, I really fancy doing like an objective holding McGaw's deck. Yeah. So because you know you've got the gore fist, you can strike back. It's, yeah, it's quite good. Well, yeah. I can't mean, the guy. Back. Yeah, the guy can't be driven back by default. It's already like he, yeah, Gartok. Yeah, he's mm. already better than pretty much everybody else at holding objectives. Mm. Um, uh, I I do have I have a Magor's deck that is um, entirely based around trying to get Magor killed and then turning the dog into the leader. Uh, <laughs> you know, doing strategies like that, I think, is very interesting. But mm. yeah. Didn't you want to do That'd that? That'd be the extra them? wound and the extra dice more than likely as well, is the one I think you, think yeah. you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and then, yeah, going through all of the warbands and making a second-in-command deck for all of them could be an interesting strategy as well. So, yeah, and, I mean, what you're saying about the eyes of the nine thing, that's the kind of thing I yeah, reckon is a very interesting that. thing to be able to do, you know. That's a good idea, actually, yeah. Uh, the Beastman could be quite quite powerful, actually, if he's got extra wounds on him, et cetera. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's trying to mitigate all of the, like, you try to mitigate the death of Magor by making him, like, like too good a target to not kill. Or, you know, <laughs> and you've got, I think there's the, uh, there's the upgrade where if, uh, if this unit is adjacent to an enemy who's making a charge, then the, the charging unit has to attack this unit mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, I can't remember the name of that one, but uh, yeah. basically draw everybody into Magor and then, you know, have martyred and, uh, the upgrade that gives you a glory if the character dies and all of this other stuff, so that you, know, about this. you can completely <laughs> mitigate all of the all of the death of um, gore and just turn the dog into a powerhouse. So. Love it, absolutely love that. Wow. <laughs> okay, so I've I've about actually run out of questions from my end. Um, I suppose one thing is quite important is how can people find out more about the game? Uh, where's best for for people to sort of contact you with any ideas, etc. Yeah, no problem. So we're trying to channel most of our community into our Discord server, which you can find at um, discord.gg forward slash wuogame. Um, so we really recommend that if people are keen on Underworlds, they jump in there. We already have a lot of people in there talking about Underworlds. Um, so that's going to be the first place to hear about if we're streaming or if there's news. We've also got a Facebook page, which you can find just by searching for Hammer Underworlds online. And we've got a Twitter as well. And the handle is at Game. So um, the other thing you can do is you can wishlist the game on Steam. Our Steam store page is up. And that way you will get an email notification as soon as we go into early access. Excellent stuff. So is it currently just going to be PC at the moment on via Steam? Or are you looking at any other platforms as well? Yep, it's just PC at the moment. We really want to bring the game to other platforms. Um, We haven't committed to any yet, but that's definitely something we want to do. We have chosen PC for early access because it's kind of the best quick way for us to um, move into an early access, like open development sort of framework and then get patches and updates out quickly and get sort of community feedback, getting data back to, to fix bugs. All of that stuff is best suited to PC because, you know, between us, we've released on pretty much everything. Like, you know, we've done Android, we've done Apple, we've done um, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation, we've done VR. Like, <laughs> we have lots of different experience. So we're definitely keen to bring that bring that into our work and um, and take the game elsewhere. But, yeah, just PC for now so that we can um, really sort of start getting feedback nice and early, I think. 
Excellent stuff. I mean, what we'll do from uh, from a podcast side of things, we'll also quite happily share things like the Discord channel. Uh, we'll put all your links out as well. And um, mm-hmm. I know that the guys are pretty keen to play, so we'll definitely be signing <laughs> on for some early access for sure. Yes, yes, we can definitely get you in on the beta. <laughs> Good stuff. Right, I'll say that's everything for me. Have you got it? <laughs> Just make a note of that. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, so that's it from me. Is there anything you guys would like to uh, mention at all? I don't think so. I think uh, it's very good to be able to talk to you because it's always yeah. interesting being able to check out, you know, uh, you'll you'll check out the winning tournament decks and there'll be like a little reference to ready for action or something else, you know, so it's very good to kind of be able to talk to you as well as I'm sure that you're interested in talking to us. So. Yeah, we were always talking about Underworlds in the office and we're pretty keen to launch this game so that we can just like talk to more people about Underworlds more openly because yep. we're just yep. like massive nerds for it at this stage and we sort of all know each other's opinions on everything. So. I'd, like to, I'd like to be able to answer more questions with, uh, we haven't announced that at this time. Yeah, well, yeah. I cannot discuss this at this point. <laughs> So well, you know, we'll happily have you back on for another chat whenever you want Excellent. to. That'd be really great. <laughs> Sounds uh, great. You're going to have to tell us about your Eyes of the Nine uh, yeah. experiment. Yeah, you need to make that happen. That is, that is such a good idea. <laughs> it's, it's definitely one of the uh, things which we're hoping to do at a tournament soon. They're actually next on my painting my painting list. Oh, so nice. as soon as they're done, hopefully we'll be in a position to go. Mm. So, we'll yeah. Currently no, halfway through Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think my main thing is I want to paint them slightly differently. I don't want to go for like the box art approach. So it's just deciding mm-hmm. what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I never do box art painting. <laughs> I always do my own thing for better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the highlighter guys. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. All right, then. Thank you so much, guys. Um, so, as I say, we'll put out your uh, all your links, all your social media links, etc., and uh, we'll arrange to talk, uh, hopefully, near a release date. Thanks, guys.